Hello and welcome to Dealer's Choice, the uh, the podcast all about movies. So I just threw that tagline in there. We don't actually have a tagline, do we, for Dealer's Choice? I thought I'd throw that out there, <laughs> see if the cat licks it up. Um, but as always, I'm with my two very good friends, uh, Zach and Morgan. How are you going, guys? Yeah, good. Good, how are you, Nosh? Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, you might not have felt good after this film. It can be a little uh, depressing. But I, I did pick uh, The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo uh, this week, and uh, it's the 2009 Swedish version and not the David Fincher remake with uh, Daniel Craig. So I think so we'll just... So it is the superior version? I think it's the superior version. We might get into that a little bit uh, later if you guys have seen the uh, American Nice. Yeah, you've seen both. Um <laughs> But anyway, give me a little lowdown. What's this uh, film about? Uh, Morgan, do you want to crack? I, it's I about go. an unlikely friendship between a reporter and a hacker. And the friends <laughs> the friends they make along the way. <laughs> God, it's so, it's so correct. Um, it's a murder mystery set in Sweden about a uh, the disappearance of a 16-year-old girl who disappeared in 1967? 69, yeah, so, I think. Yeah, 40 years before the events of the 40 film. years before the... Exactly. Um, and a reporter who has just lost a court case uh, where defamation. he was disgraced. Defamation case, and he's going to go to prison for it. Uh, an old recluse millionaire from the Swedish hills hires him to look into his niece's disappearance. Yes. Am I correct? It's his niece. It's not his yes. grand niece. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Hijinks <laughs> ensue. Yeah. <laughs> Hygiene, um, yes, indeed. Very long, very uh, plot-heavy movie. Yes. Very and good, he, though. He suspects like that. that one of his family is responsible for her disappearance. Yes. Sorry, that's quite important, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's hired this reporter to investigate pretty much his family to find out who's killed his his favourite niece who disappeared that's right. years ago. Yeah. Yes. So I guess, yeah, first impressions. Uh, what do we think? And then I'll tell you why I picked this film. Yeah, I'm actually interested in that, Nosh. <laughs> I liked it. I haven't seen the uh, David Fincher one, but I'd, I've heard of this one, like the books and the movies, and, like familiar. I always thought, like, I didn't know much. I always thought it was more like a spy thriller, but it's definitely more of like a, I'm like, oh, murder mystery, all about it. Love a good murder mystery. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I went in, I I, re- I misread how long it was for, and I was like, oh, it's only like an hour and 40, all right. And then at one point I'm like, this has been going for a while. And then I was like, oh, it's still, oh, it's a two hour movie. Sick. And it, it didn't really bother me. It was like two and a half hour movie. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, the subtitles didn't bother me. I thought that was like, sometimes they can disconnect you and it's hard with some certain movies, but I think in this movie it was fine. Mm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's all I'll say for now. I won't get too deep into it just yet. Okay. Okay. Zach. Um, yeah. I liked it too. I'm, I'm a big fan of european sort of procedural crime dramas uh, this is a lot of that uh, you know all the family drama i was like oh, that's delicious oh, so good so good i love it uh all the little steps they take to investigate i'm all about it uh no i i, I had a good time i so i couldn't watch the same version that these guys watched i unfortunately i think i got yeah i got the extended three hour copy of it so it took me a while <laughs> to get through it <laughs> But I it was know, still, it was still a... pretty good. It was still worth it. There's still a lot in there for it to sort of just like push out. So it's fine. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, but I've also seen the David Fincher one. And I'm just wondering, Alex, do you want us to not talk about that at all? Oh, we do you can. Want us to talk about we can talk it? about it. Yeah, that, 
Um, maybe maybe we'll do that towards the end because there's a bit I have because I, I did actually watch both this this week. Um, oh right, okay. Because of it. Uh, but I enjoyed I enjoyed the Swedish one. I did. Um, I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's. I think I have to say I don't think it's outstanding, but I did like it. I quite liked it. I think it would have done so much better as a TV show. Yeah. Because it definitely felt like a TV show as I was watching it. Um, in a lot of its sort of technical aspects, which is probably not fair to hold against the movie, but uh, it definitely felt lower budget than what you would see. Probably these days. Probably it's not fair to judge it because it was like 2009? Yes. Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me because I also, in research, I was like, they cranked out two of these in one year. The sequel to this movie oh, is 2009 really? as well. I was like, like that's, they were like, I guess low budget, more like a TV show approach. I don't know. And the third one was released, I think, the year after. So that's what, there were three books originally. Uh, yeah. That's full on. And the other two, the sequels, just a little you know, side note, they're very different films, all of them. So it's not like there's another case and another, you know, it's it's very different. Uh, so, yeah, I think you would enjoy. But, um, yes. So I guess why I chose this film is, A, I remember it being quite good. Um, I remember it being pretty faithful to the books, and we can talk a little bit about adaption and what we like and what we don't like in adaptions. Um, and I particularly liked uh, Lisbeth's character, and I thought, geez, look at this sort of you know, very uh, detailed, just the way the character is written, I find very interesting and just how the character sort of develops, very interesting. And um, so that sort of character arc I really, I quite liked. And she's this strong uh, female character as well. So I, I liked that. I think it's really well acted. Um, Numi Rapace, despite being in Prometheus, is... Uh, <laughs> A very good actress. I was actually really shocked. Like, I knew this is where she came from. I knew this is why she got really big. Mm. But I've never seen... I think aside from maybe Sherlock Holmes, I've never really seen her in anything that I was really like, oh, wow, I actually quite like her. Mm. But this, it's like... She just... Damn, this woman can act. Yes. She's, like, really, really in there. She does a really, really good job. And uh, Michael Nifquist, who played uh, the lead there, you might know him. He's the villain in John Wick as ah. well. So, you know... Yeah, a lot of these actors get around. There's yes, some people like right. uh, the guy who's um, part of Millennium, uh, Yanni, I think. Mm. He's been in a whole. He's been in like Chernobyl. He was in the the remake, the American remake of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo oh, right. for like two that. minutes. But he's been in a whole bunch of shit since. It's it's nuts to see where these guys have all gone separately. Yeah, yeah, Very and and this is the sort of the first and in my mind definitive version of Lisbeth. There's been two others subsequent to this. Uh, mm. The David Fincher, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and then the more recent Girl with the Spider's Web, which is the which is the fourth book not written by the original author they attempted to make. Yeah, so there's four <laughs> books, one of which is not written by the original that... author, and they adapted that one into a film. I know that one's the spy thriller. That might be why you think that this is a spy thriller, Morgan, because that that one is a spy thriller, which is so strange to me because watching this, it's interesting you say, like, she's a strong... Maybe we should do, like, goods and bads first because that's, like, yeah. a whole thing I'd actually really like to talk about is is Lisbeth Cameron. Because, yeah, you're right. It's really, really solid. And having just watched the David Fincher one as well, I actually really appreciate how different they are mm. um, because I think Rooney Mara does a good job in that one. Yes, I, I think but so too. But it's interesting. 
um, but I actually, I actually am not sure which one I prefer because they are actually just different characters. Um, but anyway, do you want was, to do positives was, and negatives? Yeah, I just I will say one thing about the David Fincher one. I think if you take the title sequence from the David Fincher film and put it in the Swedish version, I think you've got a perfect adaptation <laughs> of the book. Anyway, I really quite like the title sequence in David Fincher. A little shout out there. Um, it is. It's good. But yeah, I think the acting's good. I think the story is compelling. Yeah, I, I, they were they were the two big draws for me, and I I feel like this is a fairly accessible foreign film because we're quite um, you know we've seen a lot of sort of crime dramas and things come in that it's very accessible. It's not sort of like oh what is this? I don't understand. You know, sort of go yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So accessible, well acted. I thought the plot was really engrossing and uh yeah there we go they're my three positives uh morgan do you want to do your positives um i will say i do uh, uh like all of what alex said i also there's some moments where i really enjoy the editing like i thought there's some good shots in there and then like some of like it's can be seen as tacky but i think it was really well done in this one where they kind of did a lot of these crossfade shots and like like someone's walking and telling a story and then they instead of like cutting to they play the shot over and like with a bit of opacity and I thought it was like just it was it didn't feel tacky it felt very nicely crafted it was like almost like you're seeing someone's imagination it was very I thought all those scenes were very uh. nicely done it like it gave this extra level of context without like breaking the moment between these two characters they were having I thought that was very nice um negative uh are we doing both <laughs> oh well, well I, I need to think of mine so we'll do positives first so hand it off to Zach <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, it was... This is going to sound really weird. I actually really appreciated the depiction of violence in this. There was something very, very well done about how creepy uh, and fly... Like, there are scenes in this that are just brutal. Uh, Mm. There's two that I'm thinking of. There might be, like, there's probably three that are just, like, really brutal... They're they're also in the David Fincher one, but they're a bit more. They're a bit more um, movie esque, so you can just kind of appreciate it. in this all the violence. It felt really threatening because mm. a lot of the camera work felt really fly on the wall. So it just and it just lingered quite a lot. Um, so I I kind of that those parts of the movie I really like thought were fantastic because I don't think I've seen that in a lot of other stuff. I don't think I've seen a. Uh, a rape scene that brutal in any other movie uh mm. and it was really like i think it's like the the least sexualized sex scene i've ever seen it was so brutal and dark and hateful really to watch it um but that's to the movie's credit i think it really kind of that was masterfully done that scene so mm. depiction of violence is my my positive if you're if you're uh, looking for any cinema that kind of shocks, this is this is pretty shocking in, in some of those regards, yeah. It is, and it's quite confronting as well. Like, you can... Yeah, I remember yeah. just being completely and utterly shocked the first time I watched this. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, also, the little the assault she goes through, that's, yeah, that's, that's fucking that's a, frightening that's as well. That's horrific enough. Um, yeah. Yes, it deals with themes and it doesn't sort of sugarcoat any of these themes i don't think it yeah sort of echoing what you said it sort of it shows these things and then shows the consequences of these things as well yeah. and so it's not just oh we sort of gloss over and don't worry about that 
again, you know, sort of hit the reset button. They, these, the violence in this film has consequences and the stakes are there. Like, I know that you know that there's other films in the series, but very much so you could see that either one of these characters could be killed at any one time. Like, the, the threat to these characters feel real to me. But for negative, I think the confronting bit of the film... I think will turn quite a few people off. I think, like, if we're being yeah, honest here, I think fair to say. it can be so confronting that it would turn people off. Um, that would be my big negative. Yeah, that would be that. Yeah, that's the negative for me. No, I, I think that's yeah. You're 100 percent right there. That's it's like, it's so, uh, like blunt with it you would i i don't fault anyone for being just grossly disturbed by it yeah because yeah it's it's brutal so i think negative what was your negative for this uh it so it kind of does a bit of it i i I thought it was fine but i think it's like some people might like it's like it's like kind of the like double ending with a bit of a cop out in there maybe like it might be a bit of a letdown for some people i personally thought like the way it kind of wrapped up fitted, but there is a bit of like a, like if you feel it building and then it gets to a point, you're kind of like, oh, that's what it built to. And then it's like, but actually we've still got more to go. Like there's this whole other chunk that's, I feel like that might be a bit of a negative yeah. for some people. Pacing is like drawn out in this. Yeah. It did have a little Lord of the Rings vibe, uh, Return of the <laughs> King, where you think, that, oh yeah, that's the end. And then, oh no, we've still got oh, another 20 minutes left. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I had two major things. There was, like, something really weird about the music. I mean, maybe it was just the version that I watched. But every time there was a musical cue, I felt like the musical cue was off by, like, maybe a minute. Uh, like, very specifically, there is a scene where he uh, is getting sort of... He, uh, Heinrich is explaining to Mikael what the mystery is. And he takes him up to an attic and he shows him these flowers these pressed flowers that he's been getting from what he thinks is the murderer for years after because it was something that harriet did up until she was 16 and then he kept getting them every single year so he thought that the murderer is doing it and the musical cue hits when you see the flowers but before heinrich has explained what the flowers are and also after they've entered the attic and that sounds like insane the way i'm explaining it i'm sure but it just seems so weird because to my mind you want the musical cue when they get into the attic because that's when the audience should be feeling anticipation and like mystery but the musical cue comes when you see the flowers but you don't know what the flowers means and that happened like that's just an example of like it kept happening in the movie where the musical cue would just come at the weirdest moment or not the weirdest but just at the wrong moment and i also thought some of the the writing was really lazy like, he's getting introduced to Heinrich for the first time and Heinrich's steward, he's, like, personal assistant or, like, the guy who helps him run the company, I think, like, maybe the COO of his company or something, is just like, oh, this is the family mansion. All of Sweden's elite used to come here, but now it's just sort of really fallen downhill. I'm like, who the hell says that? No one says that. Why would he be saying <laughs> that to my... Why didn't he just be like, this is where they live? Um, this is where Heinrich lives. He'll be here and he'll see you at this time. Why would he be trying to sell him yeah, it was so strange to me. And there's a couple of moments like that where, oh, uh, there's a specific moment where Mike Mikel is like, who do you suspect to Heinrich? And Heinrich goes, no one and everyone. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
come on, like that's a that's a movie moment, but that's not a real like that's just that was breaking for me. But it didn't. It wasn't offensive. It was just like this is stupid. <laughs> just your point on the music. I was just looking at the trivia the other day, and they did say that the music for the film and its two sequels were all recorded in four days. Wow. <laughs> so. I mean. <laughs> so it seems Maybe like they thing they filmed them all back to back. So the film and the two sequels back to back and did the music for all of them in one go, it seems. Like, just, yeah. It's, see, that's that's where it's like, it's just kind of sloppy to me. You could yeah. take an extra maybe two weeks to just make sure the music's right. Four Surely. days. Don't Four need days. it. It's not, don't need it. Don't need it. Just get it out there. Just, just get smash it out. It out. Apparently the note sheets for the orchestra are weighed 33 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little fun fact for you, right there. Just, that's so strange. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, sorry. I keep like harping on about this. I think I sound like I probably like really didn't like a lot, but it's just, I, I as I said, I, I really enjoyed a lot of it. It's just that it felt like a TV show, and I would have forgiven a TV show for a lot of this shit. But if it's a movie, and I, it's definitely not fair to put this much criticism on it because it's probably like a very small time, like one of the only Swedish movies that probably breaks out of the region to get as big as it is. Um, but at the same time, there's some things in there. Like, you, you say the acting is, like, really good. I actually thought the main guy, especially because I've seen him, seen him in John Wick do an amazing job as a villain, I thought he was so fucking bland. Oh. <laughs> Every shot that showed his face was just, like, a blank face. No <laughs> reaction. He was just... He was such a dumb person. And I was like, why, why did... Like... Oh, it was straight. Like, but it's also weird because it's contrast to Naomi Rupert, Rapers. R- uh, how do you say Rapace. her last name? Rapace. Rapace. Who's doing such a great job of being, you know, a very vulnerable, uh, broken character. She does a great, great job through almost every scene she's in. Oh, sorry, no, every scene she's in. It's fantastic to watch her. Mm. Um, and so I was just like weirded out because every time you cut to Mike, Mikael, he's just like, just, just look at just looking around <laughs> really, doesn't really care he's just looking around like, hey, well, he's, just, he's just enjoying his time before he goes to prison yeah <laughs> he's like I've got nothing else to do I may as well get wrapped up in this mystery well yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> just living his life that's fair that's fair I really think though it is her story See that's and a, so it's sort of that's yeah. another thing for a movie that's, called Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I was like, when does this become she's about not the her? Protagonist, like because yeah, like she's, she's not the protagonist. You're following him for most of it, and then we cut away to her story until they eventually meet. But because it, it's such a long movie, I was like, I had to. I was like looking. I went on the IMDb and I'm like, what's the what does the thing of this movie say? It's like hacker helps him. I'm like, okay, well we haven't got to that yet, and he <laughs> seems to be. Seems to be like well into the movie. I guess we're gonna get there at some point. We're an hour in. Like, uh, no. <laughs> he's he's our intro to almost everything. He's our emotional like like everything that happens to her is brutal and terrible. But yeah, she's not as much as like I've seen a lot of things that talk about this say that she's the protagonist. I don't think she is. I think she's definitely the secondary, and it's really unfortunate because she should be the protagonist. But that's just not the way the story plays out, to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a like thing of her character is like you couldn't we couldn't have something about her character you need because she's kind of like 
you need a, a character like Mikkel to push her into action. Like she's kind of just like doing her own thing. And she's like, I'm interested in this, but I don't want to go out of my way. And then Mikhail comes along and is like, I know you're interested. I'm going to push you to be like, I think you need that driving force behind Lisbeth as a character. Like she's an interesting character, but you need someone who's pushing her to keep going or like to push her, propel her through the story potentially. And he yeah. is a nice counterpoint to a lot of the terrible, terrible men in this film. Like, if you think about it, a lot of the interactions that he has with Lisbeth is sort of like Lisbeth doesn't quite know what to make of him because he's off showing her kindness that she's never really been shown before. I, um, I, I definitely, and like, she, he doesn't act to her like she usually has, but she's also like her, her hacker friend. He's pretty nice to her. Oh, yeah, he this is sorry. This like is true. I'm not saying all and... men. Oh, bad, yeah. but I think you're right. I think it's more of just like an assumption of like she she's like you're you, you she like knows where he's like, you're a famous reporter you like this is kind of the, it's she kind of makes an assumption on like I think this is how you be like I, I it's well, like no, you're not like a, exactly... one of my shit you're not one of my like normal friends it's like I don't know you you could have power over me and it's like I don't know how you're gonna use that potentially that 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 can't be true because her her intro to the movie is the fact that she's spent you know however long literally finding everything out about him she's True. hacked into she knows more about him than a lot of people do so she knows him way better than most people i think that's the reason i thought i thought going in was why she trusted him because she was like looked through his entire life and was like oh he's actually what he presents to be and he's actually clean and he is actually just a nice guy who wants to get the job done yeah that's true yeah i just guess that she might have been thinking for when's the other shoe gonna drop like when is even though I've done all this digging, when is he actually going to like? Is he going to turn on me? I don't know. I didn't buy the whole trust thing. I the film actually the film's title literally translates to "Men Who Hate Women," not "Girl with a Dragon Tattoo." That's so, a good title for that. I wish that it had been. Oh no, that wouldn't sell well. But I, that's a good title for this story. Yeah, and he doesn't and Mikkel doesn't so I'm just saying that there's this this is counter point and she, maybe she's expecting him to mistreat her despite what she's found out about him I don't know I just feel like there's always like an element of like she's like he wants my help but at some point is he gonna want something else like is that I feel yeah like maybe it's like all yeah, men, it, her yeah. experience with this yeah. man is like like look they'll, they, no matter how good they are at some point they're gonna want something extra and she's like just waiting to see yeah. if that does happen with him and then see, and then but then there's like that whole twist and like it doesn't happen but then she's like actually i want to like i i want to give it to, like i and he's he never asked for it she's like um i, I feel like i feel comfortable and i want to uh i don't know that's a really like that scene okay so having watched the fincher one i remember the finch i remembered the fincher one a lot differently to how it was but watching this one i read that scene as like she'd just been through a really stressful time and she was like i need a release because that's and then she just has sex with him because she's like, well, he's here. I'm just going to have sex with him. And he reads that as like, oh, she likes me. But he's she's just like, no, I just I just needed to have sex. Yeah. Different, and that's different why she's relationships like, All right, I'm to going to bed now. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I, I could be wrong about it. Because um, that, that's the whole scene where he's she's like, what the fuck are you doing in my bed? Go to your bed. Yeah. He's like, I want to be near you. Just like, all right, but. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sleeping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sleeping. Well, like, that's great. See, I read that as her giving him what she thought he wanted out of the relationship. Uh, yeah, Not I so much, that. I need a release. I'm going to give you what I think you want right now. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. 
It's a, you can read I can read a lot into this psychology of this film. <laughs> <laughs> and their I'm relationship sure, sure. is kind of like it's like just a byproduct of them like what's happening. It's like I didn't really care too much about it. I was more invested in the actual like crime. It's like oh, I guess they're helping. I guess they're sleeping together now. I don't care. <laughs> like it was just like it's weird, bro. And I was like, I get why it's like why it's there. It's just like okay, cool. This just makes all right, whatever. Like. I don't know. I didn't feel any particular thing about it. I was like, oh, this is happening. Okay. I, I know what you mean. I cared about it in relation to her only. Yeah. I was like, oh, I hope she gets something out of this. Because, yeah, as like she's just been, just had the fucking worst life. I hope she has some kind of happiness, but that's not how it works out, I suppose. <laughs> um, we'll have to watch the other two is. films and, uh, and, and see. Oh, yeah, because they're both in them, aren't they? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe I will, actually. I might. Cause... They're a regular DL and Pasco. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I still really like <laughs> Naomi. Uh, I'm never going to get this. I, I, I like her performance so much, I probably will go watch those up too. Hmm. Um, Alex, so you said that you chose this because you remember it being so, super good. Not like You just remember it being really good and you liked mm-hmm. it quite a lot. Do you particularly not like the David Fincher one? Because you wanted to talk about... Oh yeah, it's it's not that ad- I, adaptation. Yeah, it's not that I disliked David Fincher's film. I think it's well made. He brings that sense of mood, which he does quite well, to the film. Um, I just it sort of comes back to this frustration I have. Like, why is there a need to remake this film? Like, I think the Swedish one is so good. On its own, can't Americans just put up with the subtitles? Yeah, I have a question. Just... Is the remake set in Sweden? Yes, yeah. but it's in English. Uh, the remake, yes, using is just normal, fantastically accents? hilarious. Yes. Oh no, here's the here's the best part. No. Oh no. no. Uh, the main guy, um, who's uh, Daniel J- Craig? James Bond, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. He's English. Yeah. He has an English accent. That's his accent. But he's Swedish. Almost everyone else is like an American actor or actress doing a Swedish accent, but he's not. And it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, that was like, like watching this movie and I was like, I don't know what the film, like, like I don't know what the film adaptation, like the other adaptation would be because they, sh- surely they speak English, but do they use accents? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, actually, do you know what, Morgan? I'd actually recommend it, but I really like David Fincher and that's probably why I, I recommend it because it's a good David Fincher movie. It's a, a very solid movie. I also really like Daniel Craig, um, so I probably will end up watching. Daniel it. Craig's excellent. Rooney Mara is excellent. Um, who's the guy who plays uh, uh, the bat? Who, he's from the Avengers. He's the scientist that gets mind washed by Loki. Skarsgård. He's one of the Skarsgårds. I forget Skarsgård. which, which yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's in there and he's brilliant. There's Stella. so many good Stella. actors. Stellan Stella. Skarsgård. He's in there and he's great. See, that's the perfect movie it. for him because he is like in a, he is like uh, Nordic in his descent, and he is in a couple of other, like actual movies with subtitles. He's that makes sense. And then you're like, but Daniel Craig is British and he's in this movie as well. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> they could have gone full Valkyrie on it and just have them all in American accents. And uh, see, that's what I was it. probably expecting, like because that's what they do. Like it's like we are in Germany, yeah. but we're gonna all like or in a different country, but it's all set in a different country, so we're all gonna speak English, like. That's normally how it goes. Um, no, she, you asked like why this got made, and like the the super cynical and like legitimate answer is, I think I think the the American one grossed like three hundred and fifty million dollars. It made a bunch of money, so that's the unfortunate. Like, 
I think that there was just a lot of buzz in the indie scene about this movie, or maybe just like in the film scene, going, oh my God, this is such a great story, such a good murder mystery. It was a really good, you know, adaptation of this book. The book's now really big in this, internationally. There's a Swedish movie, but we know if we make an American movie, we can make it big and we can make it, you know, make a lot of money. Um, and it's like, I, I will say, to be fair, you have had, we have, there are worse adaptations that exist. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's yeah. bad. It's just, as I was watching it, the, the plot is the same. Not that I expected it to change the plot, but the plot is the same. The beats are the same. The moments are the same. I'm just sort of, what's the virtue other than to make money in making that See, film? Is it? Do, is there any chance, like, because David Fincher is kind of someone who makes, like, I want to make this? Like, yeah, if he had a creative vision for it and he wanted to, it's like, <laughs> that's fair. If you, you're allowed to adapt things if you want. But also, I imagine there was probably a. a a studio that wanted that wanted to do it yeah, as well, and they just got David on board. Definitely a studio push for it, I reckon. Um, and it uh, like it's it's kind of interesting because the the version that I watched of Go with the David Vincher one is the R eighteen version, but that's not the theatrical release. The release the theatrical release release was M eighteen, uh, M A fifteen plus M eighteen, yes. fifteen plus. Thank you. And I saw that in theaters, and I think the reason I remember it so differently is because the theatrical release is very different to the actual movie. And the actual movie has a lot of the same brutal violence. Like the rape scene in the Fincher one, I don't remember that being anywhere near as confronting as the one in the Swedish movie. But then I just watched it and it is. It's it's so full on. Um, brutally, brutally full on. And so much of the blood and the gore and stuff is, is in there and is full on. Um, I would say the Swedish movie does a much better version, a uh, way of showing the various women who have been killed over the years in, in just like a really f- flat in your face way. Um, it doesn't really shy away from those gritty details, but you say like, there's no value in it. I like watching the David Fincher one. I think he does a lot of those tension scenes a lot better than the Swedish one does, especially the scene in the end. If we're going into spoilers, the scene with the killer watching Stellan Skarsgård do that. It's really good. It's really compelling. Watching the Swedish one, it's it's good and it's interesting and it's a good conclusion to the story, but it's just not as doesn't hit as hard. And that's kind of really unfair because they had a much bigger budget and they had, they had access to so many more actors and I, I imagine a much greater pool of talent to p- pick from in all categories. But when you talk about like merit of training, I I think I understand what you mean because it, it's really kind of offensive sometimes when you have something that you quite quite enjoy and quite like and then someone turns around like for example like yeah the Hollywood will go. All right, let's make it, but do our version. But it's the exact same shit. Mm. Like, why would you make it the exact same? Yeah, it's not like. Um, and then I was having a bit of a think about other American adaptations of foreign uh, uh, products, and then you look at um, the Bridge, which is a Danish TV show. Um, Britain remade it into the Tunnel, and then America remade it into the Bridge. And but what's different? <laughs> about that is they take the same premise as the starting point and then jump off from there. So the show doesn't follow the same beats. It just it starts with the same premise and takes it from there. Or you look at a bit more of a more local thing. You've got The Slap, a highly successful Australian uh, TV show made. Oh, what, was that successful? <laughs> it was. It was here. It was successful, was it? Okay. yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, and then the Americans remake it with 
some of the same cast as the Australian one, playing the same characters again, like Melissa George is in the Australian one and plays the same character in the American one. And you sort of, you ask yourself, what's wrong with Americans that they can't watch, (laughs) (laughs) that they can't watch something that isn't produced by them, which I think is an odd experience for someone like us, uh, where we watch American films all the time, or we watch international films all the time. Some of us don't watch a lot of uh, local cinema, but... (laughs) That's a whole other. That's a whole other thing, but um, yeah, it just seems a little strange to me. That's all I've got to say on that. <laughs> no, it's very fair. I, I don't, Morgan. Do you have anything you want to elaborate on in this adaptation thing? I've got some things, but uh, not really. I haven't seen the other one, but yeah, adaptation yeah. is like it's look. There's different reasons. Create people have different creative uh, visions, or studios just want to make more money off a property they haven't uh, beat to death yet. So you know that's. that's... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Sometimes the studios get it right. I think we have all we all fondly remember the Kath and Kim remake and how good that was. Oh yeah, top notch, top notch, <laughs> top shelf. Oh, man. I, I I think studios have. I think that the Office changed quite a lot of that culture in America. The the because that TV show was maybe the first time they they kind of got it very correct in taking the heart of a show but changing uh, yeah as you said change changing the outcome to sort of match their audience and their culture and stuff and it, it is a great show because it took the premise it took the premise but didn't just remake yeah shot for shot and all that um, I don't know I I don't know that I would lump the dragon tattoo I in with that because it it feels really different to the Swedish one the Mm. American one and I'm not sure that I'm upset that it got made Uh, there are definitely definitely things that studios should just have never touched and never tried to remake and they will be forgotten in the annals of history because they should be and that's fair I just find it weird when they're like it's like the Swedish people the Swedish ones were at least like we made all three movies. Like that's what we that's what we want to do. And then America was like, let's let's we can do an adaptation. And then they made one, and we're like, yeah, we're done now. And then like a couple years later, we're like, oh, there's a new book. Let's just make that one. It's like, can you just, <laughs> just commit? Just like just commit to what you're doing. Like make 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 a trilogy. Like if you want to do, I don't know. It's weird. That uh, that 100 percent would have probably been because David Fincher was like, no, I'm not doing another one. Like he was like, I did it. I did that one. <laughs> uh, I made it. And I'm finished. And it would <laughs> I'm have been do something else now. Difficult to navigate. Like I'm just thinking, 2011, Skyfall came out 2012, didn't it, or something? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Craig they... would not have been free. Yeah. yeah. I just think so I just it... think when it comes to adaptation, some American studios are happy to just like they're like, oh, let's pick up and play with this. I'm bored with it now, and then they move on. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Can you like if if an adaptation is done for the right reasons, there is a creative people behind it who want to pursue it. But sometimes it's not, and it's like, I want to play with this toy now. I'm done. And then they move on. What are you talking about? Lion King remade was gorgeous. It was a remake of an American product. It's like... (laughs) Look, we (laughs) we can get get into that later when we talk about what we've all watched this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm guessing someone's watched Mulan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm ever going to watch that movie. I've heard it's good, but I don't think I'm going to watch that movie. Um, it's fine. Oh, what was guys? I heard someone say about the Lion King, like, yeah, it's fine and it's okay, but no one's going to remember that twenty years from now. Everyone's going to still watch the cartoon version, and that's still going to be beloved. But the real life one is just going to fade. Ten years from now, people are going to watch it and go, "This is shit." 
because CGI has moved on so much and stuff like that. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> we got deep. Thanks for um, thanks for mo- making us watch this, Nosh. I, I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was engrossed the entire time. Like it's a long movie, but I was like, between mm. like the middle mystery and reading the subtitles, I was like, stri- eyes on the screen, engrossed. Yeah, and I think yeah, a was... compelling and complex heroine too, which we don't see a lot of. Like she saves the day, not him. She puts it together as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a compelling thriller, but it's also got quite a complex and more fascinating heroine, I think. Yeah, I, especially for like 2009, you probably wouldn't have seen that super much. I, I'm kind of glad these days it's becoming you know, more, oh, more yeah. popular. It seems to be the big push, which is fantastic, because finally. Um, but yeah, back then, that would have been so... I, I don't want to say, like, bold, because they should have been doing it, but it's it's interesting that that was um, the decision made. It was probably the decision made because it wasn't in Hollywood. <laughs> they had the luxury of just making whatever they wanted to make, which is good. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah, pretty, the, pretty much all I think I have to say. The Washington Times called her the most fascinating character to emerge in crime fiction in years. Her remoteness and her capacity for anger and violence are in contrast with a desperate vulnerability that she reveals only to the most unlikely of people. I thought that was pretty apt, so I jotted it down and I thought I'd share it with you then. That was beautiful, um, Alex. Thank you. That was an original quote from you, Alex? That's no, it's so from the Washington <laughs> Times. That was it's beautiful not from Washington me. Times. What a fantastic. Uh, Muriel Dobbin, Washington Times. Norris there. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out, Muriel. You did good. Uh. <laughs> she can retire. She made it onto our podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Any final thoughts on uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Actually, you know what? I will say, I, for, for a movie titled Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, there wasn't enough dragon tattoo in this movie. I think I saw it like <laughs> once. False advertising. Yeah. Uh. Where's that dragon tattoo? I've been watching a lot of Ink Masters. I want to judge it. <laughs> it's a different time, Morgan. 2009 <laughs> Ink Masters had barely just come out. Couldn't have taken the world by storm back then. <laughs> Speaking of what you've been watching, Morgan. <laughs> we don't have, is, that, is that it? No final... More? Okay. That was, oh, just, uh, just final thoughts. Uh, I would recommend this film, but just a word to the wise, it can be quite confronting. It's not a film that you put on after on a Friday after a long week and you want to unwind, it's not an unwind kind of film. It's a uh, it's a wind it's up. Conf- oh, I don't know. A- oh yeah, no. <laughs> Think about it, Zach. Think about it. Uh, um, you yeah. take three scenes out and yeah, but no. Yes, it's a murder mystery. If you like murder mysteries, I'd go with that. Um, yeah, I think it has just a satisfying warned. enough ending. There, there's meat in there yeah did you feel the ending was a cop out there morgan or is that what you said before it like it's it was just like so you you build up there's a reveal it's like oh cool and then like halfway through that moment they they say something and i'm like okay okay, what does that mean and then it's all over it's like all right this is the end it's like oh actually no it's not the end because (laughs) and then it's like we go and it's like oh the first the thing i first saw saw uh first thought at the start when i saw the pressed flowers is what is real like before i knew about the murder mystery i'm like oh that's that's pressed, that's interesting probably this and then it's like oh no murder mystery different and then i was like gets the end it's like oh no no it wasn't okay that's interesting i i, I, it's, I, I do like the idea of like 
accidentally stumbling upon a serial killer. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like I was. It's like oh, I was. You didn't do the thing I was originally looking for. You're like, hey, mate. While I'm here, I may yeah. well like. <laughs> that's a that's actually quite a good moment from the movie when when the serial killer when he's like, why did you kill your sister? And and the serial killer's like, I didn't. What. What? You didn't find her, you fuck! But yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was so weird. Because he was like, I was like, why'd you kill your sister? I was like, I didn't, she disappeared. Like, you're going to disappear. And I'm yeah. like, so wait, did he kill? Did I, I'm confused. Because <laughs> he was she like, wasn't in that trophy box. Of, yeah. Yeah, she wasn't there. So it was like, mm. and a little shout out. I had no idea Spain and Australia looked so much uh, the same. <laughs> oh. oh my God. I can't believe I completely forgot about that. That is the best the best ever attempt to show what Australia is like without at all showing what Australia is like. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second. I loved that he got to Australia on that tiny little biplane because everyone in Australia lives out in the middle of the fucking outback. I love that he went through hills that looked like California or, as you say, Spain. Does not look like anything near Australia. I can tell you that My favourite thing about that scene was when awesome. they subtitled the Australian dude from, like, it's like, you're going you're gonna to be all right to, like, are you going to be okay? It was like, I was like, it's still English. What are you, why are you subtitling this? English motherfucker. Because then they speak English speak and it's fine. Like whatever. But then like when the Australian guy spoke with an accent, they had to subtitle oh. it. I was like, oh, why? And, and her, she's been in Australia since 1969 and she has the thickest Swedish accent ever. <laughs> it's so good. It's Oh, oh, it's, it's delicious. It's beautiful. I loved he was greeted with that guy in the uh, the hat, oh, the outback hat. I was I half expecting little corks to be dangling and, from it. And they got into a ute. Did you see that? Yes. They got into a ute. They nailed that shit. They but it, it did it. have a Northern Territory number plate, so it's the attention to detail. They did their research. They did their little research. Things, little things. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Touche, Dragon Girls. Girl, 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 and that is our final thought. Spain. <laughs> Love it, loved it. <laughs> who wants Who wants to say what they've been watching this week? Uh, I feel like Zach goes first. Not much. I watched I watched a bunch of David Fincher because I really like David Fincher. Um, oh, do you? I didn't the, know that. The girl with dragon tattoo. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. Uh, and I watched two anime. I watched The God of High School. If you like any kind of shonen anime, my anime people will understand what I'm talking about. Morgan, shut up. What's shonen anime? It is. The God of High School is one of the best animated shows that has ever been released in this idiot's opinion. Uh, and I also watched Made in the Abyss, which is a very beautiful and interesting story about uh, like 12-year-old kids who get thrown into a pit with a bunch of monsters and have to fight their way down. It's very, very interesting, but very anime. Uh, anyway, that's what I watched. Alex, what have you been uh, perusing this week? I've been perusing a bit, Morgan, I must say. I've been perusing quite a bit. Um, I watched uh, The Old Guard on Netflix. Uh, we did talk about it, uh, not in this podcast, but another podcast, um, talk about cross-promotion. Uh, so, yeah, I watched The Old Guard with Charlie Serron in it. Uh, have you guys seen it? I've no? seen it. You've seen it? I thought the story was good. 
it, but the execution sort of let it down. Yeah, it was a just bit. a movie that made me really want to read the original material. I was watching yes. the movie and I'm like, I'm interested in the concept, but this movie's not doing it for me. I'm gonna have to go read the like, like the idea of like these modern warriors, but they're from the and they have like one of them has a crusader sword. And I'm like, yeah. I like I like this concept, but the the movie's not doing it for me. I'm gonna have to go read the graphic novel. It seems. Yes, and I I think I'll check that out myself. Um. What else have I been watching? Last night I watched uh, Top End Wedding, a bit of Australian cinema. Did you uh, like cinema. that? I've seen it. I really liked it. It's quite I nice. I really did. It's just, it's nice. It's, uh, what I really liked is that they so obviously consulted the Indigenous owners in the land that they were on, particularly the scenes in the Tiwi Islands. Yeah. Like it just felt so authentic. I really liked the Tiwi Islands. They looked very nice. Like, yeah. Place to visit. It was great, like, um, and to showcase, like, I, yeah, I had no idea what the Tiwi Islands looked like um, before the film, but to sort of showcase bits of the countries that you don't necessarily see, I thought, yeah, and the languages that you don't necessarily hear, I, I really appreciated the level of research and commitment in the film. For a rom-com, I, I really quite liked it. And a little shout-out, uh, the lead actor in the film was also in Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's Oh, him. yeah, Brian, he was Brian May. Gil, was Brian Gil, May. Gil Willem Lee. I remember when we watched it, I was like, why does this guy seem familiar? And because we were watching The Great at the time. He's also in The Great at the moment. Oh, well, okay. Cool, cool, which cool. Which is good. And it also has Miranda Tapsell in it, who's we've talked oh, about yeah. before. Love Miranda She's Tapsell. great. <laughs> and they're both lawyers, Zach. So, you know, Zach it's a lawyer love law. story. It's a lawyer love story. In Australia, um, it's a lawyer love story down under. Yep, that's right. Down, down under, under, but at the top end. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the silence is... The silence is golden. Uh, <laughs> um, and I've also started watching uh, Star Wars Resistance, the third animated Star Wars show. Um, it's not good. It's more for kids. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, I watched all of it. And I, it was a great like I was doing stuff and watching it, like, but it's 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 less, it's less than the others. <laughs> it's so much less than the others. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this, but I've been my lockdown project is to make a little uh, poster for each of the Star Wars films and TV shows. I think you've mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, and so I've done up to Return of the Jedi, and I've got the sequel trilogy and Resistance left, and I really regret leaving those four to last because it's going to be a little difficult but anyway <laughs> um and that, that pretty much wraps me up of, other than the usual uh, reality tv fair of course. That, uh, that's right mass singer um you, just saying really love reality that. tv yeah that's I, it i didn't know uh predictions morgan i know that this will be released after the grand finale but there we've got some left who do we think each oh, of them I, are? I know who all of them are but you know whatever oh you know you know do oh, you so it's oh. it, Frillneck is obviously Eddie Perfect, 100%. Oh, easily, yep. Jessica uh, Mowboy, Gunslinger. No, no, okay, I, no. Yeah, Bush Ranger I, is yeah. Bonnie oh, Bush Anderson. Bush Ranger, sorry. Bush Ranger sorry, is Bonnie, no, Bush Bonnie Ranger. Anderson. Okay, All the okay. Of course, Bonnie Anderson. Bonnie Anderson. And then uh, the puppet is the Wiggle, Simon Price the red or something wiggle. Like The Red that. Wiggle. And then yeah. uh, Queen is Kate Miller-Heidke, obviously. Yes. Of course. This I don't know how people didn't get this like first week. It just blows my mind. <laughs> See, if... If oh, you've got two Eurovision uh, contestants on the show, which I think is just uh, yeah. major props, because Isaiah Firebrace was also yeah, on the Isaiah set. I know you're up there. with it. Oh, of course, Isaiah. Oh, so <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah, I can't say I'm in love with. I did watch the first episode of that new cooking show, 
uh, Plane, Plane of, of Origin. Origin. Yeah, Alana, Alana watched it and she did not enjoy it. <laughs> wait. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me there is a reality TV show out there that you can't watch? That's right. There's no, a lot. Plane of Origin. Lot. That's... <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> you are blowing my mind. Because <laughs> so far you have listed like 6,000 of them and you have loved every single one and I can't understand it. <laughs> not every single one. There are a few. There's bad ones track. like My Kitchen Rules. They're bad. It's not yeah, good. I don't like That's trash. That's trash. <laughs> Anything Channel 7 does is pretty... Pretty much. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and finally, so I watched a documentary series uh, called The Killing Season which had a look back at uh, Gillard Rudd knifing each other. And I thought it was a really well-made uh, political documentary. Not for everyone's tastes, but it's it's nice now that we're removed a little bit from the events there to look back to and see, the, see the sort of how fucked it was. Um, really? And they interview both Gillard and Rudd and they, they're quite candid in their views. And it was, yeah, I really liked it. But, um, yeah, that pretty much wraps me up. Nice. Um, Too easy. Just been watch- watching the normal stuff. But then uh, since Friday, I've watched six movies. I've smashed through <laughs> six whole movies. Jeez. That's been fun. Uh, one of them was, of course, Girl with the Dread and Tattoo. One is not even worth mentioning. But uh, on Friday, it was Alana's birthday, and we watched one of her favorite movies. It's called Moulin Rouge. Uh, oh, it's, a, yes. it's a cheeky little yeah. Australian Baz, Baz Luhrmann film. Love uh, a bit of Baz. I, yeah, I, I really enjoy that movie. I love Ewan McGregor. And just like, oh, the way the editing in that movie is so frenetic and it's almost like a live. And then like the way they read, like they take these modern tracks and then give them, it's very, yeah, it's, I don't know. Creatively, it's just fun to watch. Like if you're a creative person, you're like, like, Oh, Baz's brain. Like you, what, like, I don't even know how he did this scene and stuff. Like, like one of the, like Roxanne as a scene is just phenomenal. Like, and the guy, the way the guy sings that love his voice, like rocks, like Zach in the mate debate, we just recorded. His voice was like gravelier than that. <laughs> yeah. So watch that. And then also uh, smashed through, in preparation for the third one, smashed through Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And then oh, sometime in the... Oh my God, I watched both of those too. Oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah, so sometime in the next week, I will be watching Face the Music. But it was... Oh, I love... I hadn't seen Bogus Journey they in a very fun. long time, and it was good to watch that. And I, I, I watched like Excellent Adventure quite regularly, and it was that was... Great movies fun to watch and I and next next time we record I will no doubt have an update on Face the Music the uh, long awaited third one in the we'll see I've read mixed reviews I haven't I seen any of them so I can't comment movie. that doesn't surprise me Alex <laughs> 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 it's not artsy enough for you and then finally um, <laughs> last night uh, last night we, uh, we we sold our souls to Disney we paid the Thirty dollars, oh. I think it was, to watch the exclusive uh, premiere thirty six, the premiere access, because that's how committed I am to this show, guys. I wanted to come come in hot and heavy. When by the time this comes out, it'll be free for everyone. So that's probably the perfect. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, having paid thirty six dollars for it, you can wait till it's free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's. Did you not listen to my rant about how I was against it? Uh, like... Yeah, but I do my re- I wanted to do my research, Alex. I, I needed to. I wanted to hit while the iron was hot. And I like fair, look. Fair. It. It was fun. It was good. It's. It, it had some pacing issues. It hit. It hits all the like this as, as much as it can with the differences. It hits all the same points as the original animated version. There's a couple of differences in there. Some more uh, probably accurate West, uh, Asian. What is it? What's the where Western civil? There. What are they? Uh, South, 
Eastern. Eastern. So more, like, yeah, Eastern sort of uh, accuracies as opposed to this, probably the stuff they did for the Western uh, animation. Yeah, I, look, it's not it's not a standout. It's not amazing. I definitely would say just wait until December 4th, I think it is. It becomes free on Disney+. Plus. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 fun. It, I think it falls into the same thing as like Lion King. Uh, it's just, but it, the only good thing really? is like I was Not really bad. excited. Like I, Donnie Yen's in it. I love Donnie Yen, so it was cool to see him. Um, apart from that, like I was excited to see like uh, Jimmy Wong, who was in like video game high school and stuff on YouTube. He plays Ling, who has a big part in the animated version, but he's like he's hardly in this movie, so it's like eh. Um, and Jet Li's in it, but a like, small smaller part. Yeah, it and uh, it's actually it has Jet Li and it has the main girl. I didn't realize when I showed you, but when we watched uh, Forbidden Kingdom, yeah, so the main girl from Forbidden Kingdom is Milan. She's in Forbidden, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that when I watched it, and then I was like, oh, we talked about it. But yeah, uh, look, yeah, as I say, pacing issues. It yeah, it just wait until it's free. <laughs> I did my research. I paid the price, so you guys don't have to. Well, thank you, Morgan. Uh, I really appreciate. And I'm sure that. what. I'm sure when this comes out in uh, October, <laughs> people will have appreciated the full warning yeah, yeah, that yeah. you gave. <laughs> Look, I will say, I understand why potentially they didn't have someone like Mushu, but I think, and I know they were going for more serious tone. I think there was a serious way to incorporate some of the more iconic songs instead of just having them potentially as background sound music. Now, see, I heard they couldn't do, couldn't do Mushu because Eddie Murphy was busy. But <laughs> Well, look... What is he doing what is he with himself? Doing? These yeah, days? <laughs> <laughs> I'd more than happily believe that if he had a big project in the works, but I, I doubt he does. Oh no! Is he bre- Sorry, is he doing Eddie Murphy Raw? Like, but again, like twenty Eddie Murphy Raw. He can't do Eddie Murphy Raw. Eddie Murphy Raw two would get cancelled faster <laughs> than it got announced. It would be gone. Eddie, have you seen Raw? I've Raw seen is funny, bits of but it. Raw. <laughs> is bad. <laughs> Raw is not up to today's standards at all. That guy could not do another comedy show anywhere near that. <laughs> all right. Oh, my gosh. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We'll be back again with another episode shortly. Um, I think Alex is the last in the chain, so it'll probably be a guest episode. And, le- and if we can't find a guest, it'll be on to Zach. But you won't know until the next episode comes out. So, Ooh. <laughs> Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> I don't even know if this is going to come out before or after Spooktober. So you either, it's it's ooh, a little lingering ooh. spook or it's early spook. I don't know. <laughs> either way. Happy Christmas, works. spooks, everyone. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Alex, thank you for showing us this movie. I am probably definitely going to watch the other two uh, that they made for the Swedish versions. I'm definitely also going to go check out the Fincher version. And uh, thank you, Zach, for just coming along today. (laughs) Thank you, Alex. Thanks for being there, Zach. Uh, You know, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) we will see you next time. And David Fincher, if you're listening, Zach is a really big fan and he loves you. Bye. I love you. (laughs) This has been a Sparky Trap Radio production. For more Spiky Trap radio content, please head to spikytrap.com.